Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's my, my Gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 20. Hello, 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 everybody, and hello, husband. Hey, husband, how are you doing today, husband? I'm great. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Amen. Hello, friends. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. Oh, That's My Gay Friend, and we want to start off by talking about these cocktails, so friends... I'm very excited. Get your cocktail together, and we'll tell you what libation we have selected for tonight, and also how we've been doing for this week. So, tonight libation of choice is a very interesting, special tequila. This tequila calls it calls fights between sisters. It caused rifts in families. Yes, we're talking about the one and only Kathy Hilton tequila. Casa del Sol. Now we will say that name because hopefully we'll get a sponsorship from Kathy when she Kathy, hears this. Kathy, do you hear us, girl? Do you hear this? Okay. Casa del Sol. We don't want the A one eight. Fuck no, the A one eight. We fuck want that. the Casa del Sol. Okay. I want my good friend Kathy Hilton's yes. tequila. Yes, we are here for that. So yeah. we're having that, and also we are having if you can say a starter or a chaser of um what is oh Jack Daniels uh honey. Yeah, yeah. Board, are you ready to get to it? Let's get to the stuff. We got, so some, we go. thing, we got some things play, 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 to play, get play, to. Play, play. Let's do the shot. Mm. Oh, that was nice. It just tastes <laughs> also honeysuckle. Just, mm, just it delicious. is very nice. I'm going to be blacked out after this recording. I can't hey, wait. That's a good thing, right? That's a great and thing. Let's try it. It's Kathy now. Here we go. Clink, 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 clink. clink. Double time, y'all. Oh, you guys. Yeah. It's so tasty. It is very tasty. Kathy's tequila has a like a vanilla flavor. flavor. Yeah. Maybe it's the guava or something. I don't know. It's something that's there. It's it, very tasteful and it's pleasant to the palate. It's definitely a sweet, but it's not overbearingly sweet. It has, um, like you said, a very smooth sweetness to it yeah. that can complement any anything that you may mix with it or yeah, I meant agave it. I think I said agave or something like that but yeah agave yeah, yeah I, mean, I knew what you meant yeah yeah um I wanted the friends to know that too because sometimes I you know they're not well, they're head. used to that tongue hey, <laughs> they're yeah. used to it you by now episode thick. 20 they got the gist episode 20 almost legal 21 let's go all right so husband Hi. what did we do this week it was a jam-packed week for us <laughs> yet again my goodness so on Friday we actually went to the Florence and the Machine concert yes. at uh, the Hollywood Bowl, which is literally my favorite venue in Los Angeles. It's yes. open air. It's breathable. You can, well, depending on the ven uh, on who's there, you can bring your own wine and cheese and all that good stuff. Right. A nice picnic black basket. And um, then on, what was it, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. We went to go see Little Nas X at the YouTube theater. Wowie, wowie. Okay, well, let's back it up to Friday to kind of talk about Florence first and our experience. Because I'm a huge fan of Florence and the Machine. I love absolutely every album. And this was our second time going to see her. The first time was a surprise from you, actually. Because, you know, I'm such a big fan. And one day you were coming home from work and you were like, hey, you want to go see... Florence and the Machine? Yeah, my intern, she had went, and she was like, yeah, it was like tickets for like $25 or $40, and and she was like, hey, let's 
you should go see it. Like she's amazing, and I think she was here that week for like three to four days. Yeah, she was, she was here for days. a nice chunk of time. Yeah, yeah. So we went, and that was great. And this time we went, and it was amazing. Also, um, I found it interesting because I'm not that much of a dark, diehard fan of hers. Like yeah. I, I love certain songs, but <laughs> when she made some statements about, you know, is this a cult? Are we sacrificing things? And you saw her fans like kind of respond to that. So I'm mm. thinking that's like an inside joke or something that's kind of going on. I don't mm. know if this is new album or people have thoughts of, of her being like a cult leader or what have you. Mm. Um, I'm not going to lie. If you were new to this going, this this experience did, did seem a little different mm. from the first one. Mm. Um, with that type of vibe, I was like, okay, this is interesting. But it was fun. And she did invite you as a viewer whether you knew her music or not, to just really enjoy the moment. And what she did was so, she took a moment and she wanted everyone to put their fucking cell phones away. And I'm so here for that, mm. especially at a concert venues. We're so quick to want to put something on the gram and want to share our experience, which is great and fine. And I'm all here for that because mm. we, we, I'm guilty of doing it as well. But there's sometimes where you just want to be in the moment and just capture that just for yourself, right? Take a mental picture and Everything isn't really meant for everyone, right? You know, and so absolutely. And she was saying, "Hey, if you see your neighbor, like, put your fucking phone away." She so it was it was nice. So I I did appreciate that about her concert, and it was a great time. We saw some friends that we didn't expect to see, um, that were there. Yeah. So that was fun, but um, yeah, Florence I, is great. It, it she is amazing and. To touch on what you you mentioned briefly, her lyrics are, have always been really heavy on the symbolism and not being literal. She discusses a lot of good and evil. She's a recovering alcoholic, so she's touched on a lot of her battles and her demons and overcoming overcoming that. Uh, so a lot of people from the outside in, especially from the way that she looks and the way that she dresses, assume a lot about her and what her music is about. So in the beginning of the of the concert, she poked fun at it and touched at it. Like, hey, if you you know came with a friend who dragged you here and you don't know what I'm about, if you think this is like a pagan ritualistic ceremony, then just sit back and figure it out for yourself basically take away from this experience what you want yeah uh because you know a lot of people have their preconceived notions about who she is and what she does and what she represents but at the end of the day florence is all about love and positive energy and positive vibes that's why i'm such a huge fan and every time the two times that we have gone to see her she's literally wanted us to experience it in like real time not through our phones right. not you know through anyone else's eyes or experience but literally put your phones away and let's just love each other mm -hmm. in this space she's all about love uh positivity and light yeah and being present and i do i will say this added note again listening to because this time i think i listened to the, the lyrics and I, I don't know because i was more intentional with that mm -hmm. but it definitely did i got a theme like I think her music for is for people who may have gone through things and oh, understanding. Absolutely. If you have never, if you don't have that type of experience, then it's like, what the hell am I listening to? Mm -hmm. But you can kind of appreciate it because there was one song that she did. She said she was never going to do again. 
it had I guess it'd been like ten years. And, mm-hmm. But the the premise of the song was about her going to the ocean and and pretty much being hugged by the ocean at the ocean floor. Mm-hmm. Which if you do that, essentially you're dying, you're dead. Mm-hmm. You know. But I heard and I heard her pain as she spoke it, and I saw and people were just singing. I could see the symbolism of like. Well, maybe you thought about, you know, end of life or yeah. doing something like that. But I, looking and also being a mental health professional, like I just, I was trying to separate the two minds, the two sides of my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to really understand her lyrics and everything. So it was, it was a good experience. I will say that I, I did say for, I will say for a moment, I did step back and was like, and to just look at my surroundings and observe. And I was like, a lot of people probably have gone through shit and oh, they absolutely. identify with her and now what you what you told me, because we talked after the concert, mm. and you told me she did have a struggle with alcohol and she's, you know, been sober for so many years. And so I was like, this makes sense now. So I, I get it. So because again, for me, it was just radio stuff or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like shake songs. it off, shake it off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it was a definitely good experience. So, and so many gays there, so many oh, queers, the so out. many people like, like literally every letter in the lgbt All even the plus like i was sitting next to someone with full beard facial hair but a full dress a white santana it, a white saucy santana that's what he <laughs> yes, was he yes, was a white yes. word it, but it was it was beautiful to see because again she speaks to those people that have gone or is currently going through shit right um we can move on to uh, Lil Nas X, but I just recommend if you guys are wondering who we're talking about, check out her album Ceremonials, specifically the song What the Water Gave Me. It's about her fight with alcoholism, but it's a beautiful song. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was really great. So, fast forward to Tuesday, the little chocolate drop, the little gay icon, and he's going to be. Yeah. Um, Little Nas X at the YouTube Theater in Inglewood, California. I'm going to say this. I need at Kiev at the forum, whatever. I'm saying this as I'm typing something. But the forum needs to take lessons from SoFi. Completely. When it goes to admitting general public and to When it comes to everything. The (laughs) forum is disgusting in any... any Artist that goes there that I want to see, I'm truly going to second guess how bad I want to see them now. Yes, the seats are completely tiny. Mm-hmm. The getting inside security is a headache. No one is organized. You don't know what's going on. You're kind of stumbling around to find your seat. It, it yeah. it's a it's a hot ghetto. Mess. Compared to we go to the YouTube theater and. It was seamless. Checked like we just had to just walk through a metal detect like as, as a group. <laughs> and if you got yeah. and if they detected something, they pulled you, they pulled you aside. But, but if you didn't, great. you just walked them to the venue. Kept it pushing with great lighting, food trucks outside. Right. It really was an elevated to uh, like it was an experience. elevated experience. Um, I will say that now, little Nas X, boo, I love you. You know your little chocolate sun to me in my head. But having us wait for two hours for you came out was a little Child. bit much. We could have went to the food trucks because we actually Literally. thought we were running late. We actually were late, running late. And yes, the concert my time. The concert on the ticket stub said seven thirty. Now you know ticket uh, concerts never start at the start time. But to go on without any openers at nine thirty, 
That was a bit aggressive. Yeah. He was on his Lauren Hill shit. He was on Lauren, Madonna. He was, but I said, hey, give the kids, keep them waiting, because again, he doesn't have that much of a catalog. But it was a show in the production, so I will say I was thoroughly impressed by this being his first tour ever. Oh, the production was amazing. Production value was great. Bankhead did his thing as a choreographer, and there, I can't think of the the name of the um the second choreographer. He was great too, and the dancers. When I tell you that these, I hate the word boys. I know the gate world, we, we, we claim that as boys. But I guess as a black man growing up and having your grandfather be who he was and generational thing from the South, they hear him boy. It's okay. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cognitive thing for me I, to say boys. Like, just as a black, you can't call a black man a boy. That just doesn't rock. And if you know where this comes from, then I don't need to explain it to you. If you don't, research it. But... Are you gonna say gentlemen? <laughs> <laughs> right, but in the gay gentlemen. culture, we say boys all the time, like, and it's not—it's just a, a term of endearment. Um, so I'm gonna break my cycle and just say, you know, these young boys, uh, the gay boys, they did their fucking thing on Amazing. stage. They, his dancers, are going to be the equivalent to what Janet dancers, the kids were and are. And I say that because being a Janet fanatic. You learned the dancer's name and you knew who was on tour with her because, and they were just amazing. These dancers did not miss a step, a beat. They were in sync, unison, and they had their stamina 10 times better than any other besides Janet dancers. Maybe some, a couple of Sierra, her dancers are always doing some shit, but they did the damn thing. I mean, turns, flips. And just all that damn cardio and working out and serving. I'm I'm hot hot take, but I'm gonna go as far as to say that they were actually better than the Janet dancers that I've seen. Now I've been to what three Janet Jackson concerts. Now mind you, all the concerts that I've been to were like later in life concerts for Janet. Um, I didn't go see the All for You and the Velvet Rope tours, but I saw them on TV. The Lil Nas X dancers, they were so acrobatic. Like, they were doing back... They were light on their feet. Yes. Back flips, front flips, pirouettes. Like, they were li like little gazelles. Um, <laughs> yeah, he definitely scouted the right talent. Yeah. Um, those dancers were better dancers than a lot of the dancing artists have. Like, they're, in my personal opinion, they because I've seen them both, Janet and Sierra... His dancers, Lil Nas X's dancers, were better than both of theirs combined. Okay. And I don't know if, well, I'm sure you need that because Lil Nas X is not a dancer not himself. A dancer He's all. not a dancer at all. at all. So you need extremely heightened dancers behind you to make to you present. look good. Yeah. Whereas Janet and Sierra don't. Yeah. Like they need people on their level, which is already in a great, impeccable level. Right. But they're, but they're not. You know, they're not Debbie Allen, tappa 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 fame right. type dancers. Yeah. But that's what Lil Nog's at. And his what I what I appreciate also because it, it goes to the black gay world and and I say this because his dancers they were film, but they they were film, but were too film. They were when they wanted to keep you masculine and trade, they gave that to you. Well, but also they had too film. Well no, but uh, well this is the thing, right? So as as a former dancer, I can say this speak from my world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you used to dance. I used what? to dance, baby. Um, 
it was always a thing of you didn't you never want to be seen as feminine in your dancing, especially hip hop. That that was and that was a no no. And all the things the kids doing now, that's why the ballroom scene it really dances in that caliber when you see masculine men doing butch queen stuff because in the dance world you weren't able to do that. Like that mm. just wasn't a no, that was a no no taboo thing. So now to see where we are now, twenty twenty two, having these black men dance and be femme at some points because they were you know. It's a gay artist, so you can embrace that side of you. Yes. And then also, but to butch it up or when they need to and still present a certain type of way that it's like, okay, like, you you, you fucking it up. So you fucking up, you know, sashaying and shablamming, and also you fucking up holding that stance and looking like Trey. So it was just a beautiful thing to see the progression of the dance world and also the male dancers who are a little film to now have a shine and have a space. You know what I'm saying? So to yeah. see that. So as a former dancer, I can just, I appreciate that. Well, you know, I got to say it. You know as, what I'm saying? As a former dancer. As a former Miss USA. <laughs> <laughs> In the word of Kenya Moore, my twin. You know, so that's one of the things. So I will, I will say I was thoroughly impressed by his dancers their stage performance it was great. his concert all in all it was good we did see was something else was interesting we had a family in front of us uh, of four a mother father mother, and their father. two little boys that literally had to be every bit of like 10 and 8 or i'm actually being that's too generous i would say probably well, eight like and seven, eight yes. and six. Eight and six. These babies were tired by the time he came out. Like the father was holding the youngest one in his arms. It. It. Yeah. I mean. They waited for two hours also. Because they also waited for two hours. They were actually there before. When we got to our seats, they were already sitting there waiting. But my thing is. Certain concerts, because Lil Nas X came out. What the fuck is up, LA? What the fuck? Yeah. It's like. Sir, everything is not for everybody. I understand they may have listened to the kids' bop version, but literally, call me by your name. He talks about riding a dick and busting in his mouth. It's like not leave the, find a babysitter. Well, okay, this so I had a different a different take on it. One, I was like, let's look at this family that's here supporting this male artist who happens to be gay. Let's take that all in. Then I'm like, okay, well. Your kids may know who he is, they may, but for them to purchase tickets and bring their kids, I was like, what look at the look at the intersectionality, look at the um critical race theory. Let's look at let's look at the inclusion of all the things that's happening right now because Oh, it was definitely an inclusion. It was a lot like my audience. brain was like, let me figure this out. Like I was intrigued as a behavior scientist. Oh, I was very much intrigued, like, who got the tickets? Who said because is it I know who initiated was the husband, is someone a little, you know, a little sugar in the tank, a little bendy? Like, what's going on? You know what I mean? That, like, I don't know if you noticed the couple that was sitting to my left. The the guy and the girl, right? Yes. They were an actual couple. They were a couple. They were a couple. He kissed her several times. But he seemed like he was part of the LGBTQIA. And the thing is, I think he was because he knew every single word. Clearly, he was the one that purchased the tickets. Right. And she was, like, just along for the ride because she was like, I'm just so tired. Like, she just <laughs> kept saying that, like, leaning against the chair. But he was reciting every word, jumping up and down. Like, he was the one that um, mentioned... The encore song, like he was invested, right, he yes, yes. Um, and I honestly thought that he was gay until they started kissing several times throughout the show, and it just 
made me realize you can't you can't pigeonhole you can't anyone, pigeonhole you can't anyone especially so nowadays. Interesting. And I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing. You right. can be slightly effeminate. You can like dick, but have a girlfriend. Like because no, I, I like the fact that everyone is doing what feels right to them and not basing their lives around preconceived notions of right. what should and shouldn't be. It it was a beautiful thing. We had a, a really great week of queer concerts, and it was fabulous. <laughs> we really did, and it was it was fun and interesting. And like you said, I didn't know that because um, they were sitting to the left of you. But yeah, it was fun. It was interesting to see and all of the family. So it was a great time. And then some bullshit happened. After having two amazing concerts, we're on the high from concerts and mm -hmm. just living life and doing what we do. And then this fucking idiot by the name of, I guess his name is now Yay. That's what he goes by. Mm. But previously known as the Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye Because <laughs> I was trying to do something, but I just can't. It's just, just like a guy. It's just, it, it. <sighs> I just can't. Okay, so what did he do? <laughs> like, I honestly am at a point where I no longer want to give energy to him. And I think that media outlets should stop interviewing him. Because it's just feeding a fire at this point. Like us giving him energy and giving him a platform to say his hateful rhetoric and just sometimes idiotic statements is right. kind of feeding into that narcissism and feeding into his illness. Well, here's the thing. So he made some statements about the Jewish, com the Jewish community, which were not at all great comments he, he talked about death to them or the ones who's hurt him or something to that effect i don't know everything verbatim and he said he was gonna go get death con on them but he just did some stupid and it's like so now and i think so there's a backlash now so now because he offended the jewish community he people he probably be stopped by some but it's like he offended the black people way before just saying doing and saying certain shit and it's like so now this population you offended it's going to hit you probably in the pockets more because they have more access to different things and I just feel that he needs to be stopped across the board period and so when you have all these yes men in your, in your circle and in your on your payroll it's problematic yes you are a musical genius yes R. Kelly was a musical genius and we see where he is right mm -hmm. um However, that and just because you are a billionaire doesn't mean that you made sound decisions for being a great business person. You just had people, you have the right people around you to get you to that, to that point. You didn't do that by yourself. Mm. And I, I stand by that. Kanye is just, he's just lost. And he's, again, people, there's a religion called Scientology that's not a religion because people follow someone who was a schizophrenic patient and he had these ideals that space aliens were up there and you live life and you would turn into one or however this shit fucking works. So people will follow people because of whatever reasoning they, mm -hmm. they have, they see association with, but Kanye, you have to know if you're listening to him and you're still supporting him, in my opinion, you're part of the problem and you're not, 
you're not helping him be the best person he could possibly be. And he needs he needs professional help. Like he really truly does. And there's just no one that is going to stop him. And unfortunately the person who probably would have had that influence is no longer here. And that was his mother. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's just sad at a point. And again, I'm not going to, yeah, we're not, I'm not supporting you in your rhetoric anymore, but I feel that we have to, it has to be addressed and we have to hold him accountable for the things that he's saying and not just, just shoot it off like, okay, oh yeah, just yay being yay. Like, no, slavery was not a choice. You can't talk about, you can't say any anti-Semitic uh, statements you want to say. Like, you just can't do shit like that. So, mm-hmm. that's my take. How do you feel about it? I literally have nothing else to say about that, man. Okay. I gave my opinion last week. <laughs> I'm good. So, that's it for Kanye. So, moving on to something else that I found interesting and I'm here for. I'm excited about it, too. There is a remake of the MTV Surreal Life with celebrities this this go around and it has been 16 years since the last Surreal Life was yeah. ever shown on MTV. The last season it was actually on VH1. You have to remember it was old ass folks on it. Oh wow. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't MTV. MTV was sexier back then. Um, but the cast of this upcoming rebooted season do you kind of want to give a rundown on who it is? All I care about is Tamar Braxton. I don't care about it. and Kim Cole. That's all I care about. Okay, well I'll but let you guys know. We have know. other people who are <laughs> who are already who are also interested. I am here for So, so the people are Stormy Daniels, Dennis Rodman, August Alsina. August Alsina's on this bitch. Tamar Braxton, Frankie Muniz, Kim Coles. Come on, on Sinclair. C.J. Perry. And Manny Mua, M-U-A. So that's the makeup artist, the guy. He, I think he was the first male to get the Revlon contract. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's who that, that guy is. Yeah, the only people I care about is August Alsina, because I want to know the dish about the entanglement. I know he's going to talk about it. Right. Um, Tamar Braxton, because she's just good that's TV. Tay-tay. And Kim Coles for the living single nostalgia. Of course, the black people. Uh, with the exception of Dennis Rotman, because he's a fucking idiot. You know, I'm here for Dennis. I think Dennis... What, did I say Dennis? Yes, you did. <laughs> Dennis is probably the first... Sorry, First black male that was very gender bendy. Yeah, he like, was somebody. Yeah, and, I was, and I would say Prince too, but he Dennis took it to Dennis did drag. Like Dennis oh, yeah. took it, he, the wedding dress. He he, he took, took it to like level. baby. Like you can you you're not gonna live with me just because I'm black and I'm six foot nine. No, yeah, and playing basketball. Like, I'm a, I'm a live. I'm a partake in all of the joys of life. Man, he was definitely woman. Uh, ahead of his time. Yeah. So, I'm here for that. I cannot wait. I want to say episodes start this Monday. It's coming Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know what was happening that soon. Yeah. I'm here all for it. We'll probably be talking about that, too. We will talk about the MTV, the surreal life with the celebrity. It's coming on MTV. I saw the preview. Oh, on it's TV. on MTV now? Yeah. That's oh, well, MTV, MTV is old. Well, I mean, it used to come on VH1. Okay, so well. you were wrong in that. Well, <laughs> you were I'm wrong, wrong in that now. sense. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, this is. We need to take a break now. You guys seen a uh, couple squabble right now. <laughs> you, know, you heard one on the podcast, you know. So 
which behind the scenes shit. So anyway, uh, we'll take a break and we'll come back with the reality roundup, guys. All right, you guys, we're back with the reality roundup. All right. So let's start with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion part two. Part two. So we come back and it is on Garcelle and Diana. Right. So, I mean, the my biggest takeaway from this episode is which word is worse? being called evil or a cunt now mind you we're not white women so the word cunt probably doesn't dig as deep to us but just from my experience and having a lot of women friends mm -hmm. i would always say that cunt is a worse word and those women kyle dorit erica and lisa gaslit Garcelle mm -hmm. into thinking or and Garcelle didn't think it because she knows what's right is right that evil is worse than cunt because apparently that's what Garcelle called Diana my take on it is what word gives you more gratification to saying someone to stick it to the person mm. and I feel that's the worst word so if you say you're so evil. Am I sticking it to you? Where you're like, you're a fucking cunt. Because mm. you, when you say cunt, you have to say fucking with it. You know what I'm saying? You're, like, there's certain mm. things you have to, you don't say, oh, you're so evil. Or you say you're evil. But evil doesn't hold a lot of weight. It doesn't. the see you next Tuesday word does. Yeah. Because we say we evil all the time. Oh, you're so evil. Or, oh, that's evil. Yes, Whatever. people use it very flippantly. Very flippant. Cunt, not so much. And so... But I think kind is worse, and I absolutely. think they all know it's worse too. But they were trying to make Garcelle look the make fool. Garcelle say, "Oh, yeah, well, no, evil's no, 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 no." But see, Garcelle has their card, and she's gonna pull their number when it needs to be pulled. Like you said, when we talked about this behind the scenes. You said Garcelle is playing the long game because I felt Garcelle should have been more aggressive yeah. in her attacks to these people because there was a lot of things that happened which we will touch on later, that I felt she should have had a better response for mm -hmm. and should have called out and she sat back and she just was so... Just... Her response was very lackluster and it was just... It, I didn't. I felt she should have went stronger. So but that's my take on it. She's very calculating, Garcelle is. Okay. And she understands, unfortunately, her having the exact same reaction that a... Kyle or Lisa Renna would have would be viewed completely different. If Garcelle were to raise her voice, yell at someone in their face, and curse at them the way Lisa Renna did with Sutton, oh my gosh, she would probably be canceled. But no, why? Why? Because again, so it's because she's a black. The, woman. But on the show, they talk about there's no racism, right? They, but we all know. And Renna says, "Oh well, if we come at Garcelle, we're racist." Blah blah blah. And he asked a question to Sutton or to Crystal or maybe Garcia, Garcia, I don't know who it was, but the question was asked, do you feel this cast is racist or there's anyone on this cast that is racist? And everyone unanimously said no, that like no one's on this show racist. So if that's the case, 
then come at these bitches. Come at them the way that they would come at you. Because I feel at that point, we're all on the playing field. It's all level. And when you have a cast member saying, well, if we come at you, we say something, then we're looked at racist. Well, then let me give you the same fucking energy. That's how I feel. So I felt that Garcelle should speak. She should have went a little harder. That's why I feel if Cherie were a permanent housewife, uh-huh. Cherie would tell these hoes where to go, how to go, but very in a nice portfolio way to do it. Yeah, I present it very nicely. I know? definitely hope and pray that they make Shuri a permanent housewife. I don't think that they will, but it definitely doesn't need to be just a token black woman no. on this cast. No. Because it's unfair to Garcelle. She's having to bear a lot of the weight of humbling herself and not truly saying what she feels. To not be perceived a certain way. Now the women, the women on this show are not racist. I don't believe that they are, but they definitely take advantage of the racial biases. Absolutely, that take place. Because there was a so as we find out in this episode, if you watch the reunion, there is a separate group chat that that is Cal, Rena, Erica, and Dorit. Yes, and Crystal touches on this. She's like, you know, yes, like they protect each other. So the fact that Crystal is a woman of color and she understands that this is kind of happening, and she's she calls out Kyle again to be like, and I, I was happy with Crystal. She they took their lunch break. She came back, right? And she, was, someone she got some her. protein. <laughs> someone ate, coached her ass. She ate something because she was they were like, no, you need to come back at Kyle because Kyle is coming at you with some bullshit, and you need to hold your ground firmly. And she did that, but she needed to be a little more aggressive in her delivery with Kyle as well because Kyle is Kyle is was trying to discredit her experience and something that happened and if you are a fan and you can look at this objectively when something doesn't happen directly to Kyle it doesn't fucking match her but yeah, when it, it happens to her then oh, I can relate to it so Chris was like this didn't affect you that's why you can't see my perspective on this this is my experience I'm not lying but Kyle's trying to make it too simple two different situations when Andy tried to he tried to chime in on it but it's like no you need to listen to what Crystal is saying like yeah. she's not being heard or being seen in this group and there was a lot of just wrong shit that happened that I felt people need to call out and address but mm-hmm. I don't want to monopolize this time about this housewife so how did you what was your take on this reunion episode I definitely saw the lines get drawn in the sand. Okay. You, there's a clear, and I was hoping that we would have seen it throughout the season, but it's definitely solidified this second episode of the reunion that Crystal, Sutton, and Garcelle have an alliance. Yes. Like they have a, you know, we got it. Clearly the Fox. The leftovers. for the Yes, the leftovers. <laughs> it's the Fox Force 4. And the, the three of them. Yeah. And the leftovers. And you got to see it when they were going to a commercial break. Crystal got up, went over to Sutton and Garcelle was like, can we take a shot? Yes. Garcelle was like, let's, let's go. Let's go. Um, because throughout the entire season, the Fox Force 4 made it seem like Garcelle constantly came to Sutton's defense. And it was hard to get to know Garcelle because of Sutton. And in this reunion, the leftovers, Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton, all came together and said, well, actually, 
you four ladies protect each other way more than Garcelle ever protects Sutton. And you guys are your own clique. That excludes us. Yes. Garcelle was like, I never had to usher Sutton out of a room. To protect her. Okay. <laughs> I said, oh, baby, that's a read. That is a read. <laughs> that was a read from the Psalms in the good book. The good thing about the biggest takeaway from this episode is that double standards came to light. Yes. And absolutely. the way that they, the Fox Force 4, conducts themselves, they want to point fingers when the other three ladies conducts themselves in the same way. It's very mean girl shit. It's, it's very, extremely it's mean girl. It's very mean girl Regina George type shit. And Erica's trying to be Regina George and Rena is, is Gretchen Rich, uh, Gretchen Wieners. I, I definitely think that a cast shakeup needs to happen because the lines are so heavenly drawn this season that next season, if everyone stays in the position that they are, I can't see how the season will go on without people wanting to only shoot with their click. Well, no, so Erica knows how to play the game. Erica needs to check. So Erica knows how to switch oh, it yeah. on and off. So she can switch back. So she can, like, oh, I'll kick you with Garcelle. Like, she can make amends to this shit because especially, so we find out the infamous IG story that Erica Jane posted that had Garcelle's book in the trash with the old tel- yeah. telephone that mm-hmm. was numbers and people were coming at Erica and giving her Sade. We find out at the reunion now that was actually Lisa Renna. Yes. Who threw Garcelle's book in the trash. Recorded and it. Right. And sent the sent video Erica, actually in a group chat. In a group chat that the ladies were not part of. That yes, Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal were not part of. Right. And so Gar so it comes out, Andy shocked. Garcelle's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Hearing this information. And they just kick Oh, yeah. And, and then the conversation went to not just about you, you put this number one New York bestseller book, Garcelle's book, in the trash, in the recyclable. It starts talking about how your recyclable habits were bad. And yeah, it how was quickly brushed over. It was completely brushed, looked over, and how you know Harry Hamlin had an issue, and so now and they and Garcelle, not Garcelle, excuse me, Rena and Erica having a kiki about oh the the garbage the garbage and the recyclables and who and Erica's a loyal friend because she took the heat for this shit, and Garcelle's is sitting over there with tears in her eyes trying to biting her fucking tongue probably like these bitches. But had Garcelle did something like that with, with uh, Sutton? Oh, it would have oh, been World War III. It would have been World War Three. Now, the reason that we uh, come to find that Lisa threw the book in the trash was because in Garcelle's book, she uh, mentions Lisa's daughter. But she only mentions a story that Lisa mentioned on the show. Yes. It was literally just a retelling of a verbatim, what, verbatim of what already was discussed and aired on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes, but Lisa, being Lisa, still felt a certain way that her daughter's was mentioned in Garcelle's book. So she actually uh, took it the legal route, contacted her lawyers. Her mm-hmm. lawyers contacted Garcelle's people. And Garcelle had to go as far as doing a reprint and getting rid of that story. Right, and it, and so Garcelle was like, "Yeah, you addressed it. We did a we did a, a revised version, mm-hmm. second edition, and it was done. But then you went further to then 
put my book in the trash and then have this now the story's out here and we think it's Erica but it was actually you you behind the whole shit yeah so fuck Renna because I'm on fuck Renna shit now like me too I'm on fuck Renna like yeah. all day like I need someone to come at her I don't give a shit your mama died like I, that's sad I'm sorry but it's unexcusable you are you are a whole ass 55 year old woman behaving in a nasty manner on this show for a check like I get it. We all love the show. We all love to have a villain or certain things. But at some point, where is your dignity? Like, when did you? Honey, she was selling adult out? diapers. She does not have any. <laughs> um, I would love to see a season next year without her. And I'm not saying because Lisa Renna is um, a necessary evil at times because she does, you know, she's an agitator. She does get shit spicy when it's a little boring but i would love for her to just take one season off she mentioned um on this reunion that she wished she would have taken this current season off right. to have time to mourn her mother lois and get her mind right so i definitely think that maybe next season that would be a great opportunity for her just to calm down come back later i'm not closing the door to lisa renna because i think that she is she is beverly hills like Say what you want. She Some is, iconic but moments no have check, been. But there's no checks and balances, right? Andy's like, break. Andy's saying, like, you're reckless with your shit. Like, there's no, no one to reel her ass in. No. And so when you get to that level, you think you run running shit. And that's what LVP had to get checked. And she's, you had to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there has to be a check and balance. Like, you can, you can give good TV and be that person that people love to hate. I'm all for that. Sometimes I root for that person more than other people. However, comma... And this, you're just being vicious and vile. Yes, you're like being now, nasty. Yeah, now you're just being nasty and rude. And that's like, that's not what this is about. It's not fun. And I think it's the person not. that does that perfectly that you're stating is Kyle. Like, literally every other season, you're like, I fucking hate Kyle. Then you're like, Kyle's cool. Then it's like, I fucking hate her again. It's like, she she balances she, that line yes. perfectly. Like, she'll do something that's vile, but she'll do something redeemable within, like, the, next, the, the same season. I, I would love to see Erica Jane in a situation where she no longer has her alliance with Lisa Renna and she's forced to interact with, with other these people. new ladies yes. and kind of, I think that would get her back to like the fun Pat the Puss Erica Jane that we knew before. Well, honestly, she, I don't think she would ever be that because now there's people suing her and well, I mean, people now know, caliber, yeah. right? People now know her dirty little secret, right? Whether she again protected her husband or what have you so now that pat she we would never it's like pre-covid <laughs> life would never go back to the way it was uh -huh. so that's where we are right now with them but I, I i definitely think a shakeup needs to happen there's word on the curb is that um denise is coming back please come back denise, denise i would love denise, a call me swap out with lisa renna bring denise back Add on Cherie as a permanent housewife because of mm -hmm. clearly Diana Jenkins is gone in the rearview mirror. As she needs to be. She, As she needs, she to, needs be. to She didn't need to come in the first place. I think the reason why she came, because Andy or Bravo or something, they thought that, okay, Beverly Hills, they were still thinking pre-COVID. Let's show the luxurious side of Beverly Hills and all that. No one needs to know the, the opulent side where people are in the fucking recession. Like, yeah. I don't need to hear about your... 
you have to have your staff go to your hotels and make like I don't care about that. We have Kathy fucking Hilton, real fucking man. This bitch shows up in fucking slippers. Yeah, and the house different. You, it, to you your know what point, saying? it's a completely different time. I think they were trying to recapture that Adrian Malouf, yeah, we don't Lisa need that. Vanderpump, we don't need like that. the first season when Camille Grammer had all this fucking money, like. It's a different time. But we now. have Kathy motherfucking Hilton. Yeah, it's a different time. You know, we have the bitch, Kathy yeah. motherfucking Hilton on the show. And she's showing up in fucking Trader Joe's bags at a fucking purse. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. she's showing you, like, you don't have to be all that. So, Beverly Hills is great for the, the, the carefree, fantasizing world, but mm. we don't need Diana. That, part, that, that perspective, we don't need that. Now, who needs Not to come anymore. back also yeah. is Camille Grammer, Donatella Suchi Lachi, whatever name she's going by now, her yes. married name. I would love her Bring as a friend Camille of. Bring Camille back. I would love her as a friend of um, because... I need her full-time. I need her full-time. See, the thing is with that, I don't think that she is that Camille from the first three seasons. I definitely think, you know, she's not a, a grammar anymore, so she doesn't have that air and messiness about her. I think she's you know, time oh, no, has made it? her more humble. No, 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 uh, no. It has made her more humble. She still takes her digs, but I think it's it'll be best in smaller doses. Like she comes in, rattles shit, and then leaves. So like, she I had money behind her, big money. Then you say it would be a different, yes, ball game. Yes, like I don't want to see Camille and humble. In the humble dwelling, <laughs> like I, in my you mind, yeah, I don't want to see struggle, Camille. In my mind, you want to see lower, lower Malibu. No, you want, you want in the hill. I not, still want acres. Not on PCA. I still want acres, Camille. Like not, I still right, want. Oh, not on right on PCA, yeah, but in no, the mountains. Because okay, in that first you. season, nobody felt their pussy the way Camille Grammer <laughs> felt her pussy. It's just like you know, I just I'm sitting major. on a few yeah. acres. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I got a tennis yeah. court. Okay, I got, got a cart. So no PCH Malibu. We want to hire her up. Exactly. No PCH. Like, I don't want her going to, like, the local spot getting fucking lobster rolls. No. You want the place where Postmates is like, we don't deliver here. I've been to those exactly. houses. Exactly. I'm like, we don't deliver. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want for my Camille. Got it. Um, okay. But before we we put a pin in the Beverly Hills, we've got to talk about BravoCon just briefly. BravoCon was a lot. It was a lot. And since we're still talking about Beverly Hills... There was a panel. There's multiple panels where the housewives of different franchises come together, and okay. Andy Cohen is a. It's kind of like if you don't know what BravoCon is, it's kind of like pretty much the gay and um, white black indie woman who's into Bravo, like the Super Bowl. So that's what it's like. Yeah, it's, it's a con it's at a convention center in New York. Yes, it's kind of like drag. Well, I, he got it from RuPaul DragCon, which got it from Comic Con, right? Which, which is, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Erica Jane was asked a question. Who did she think would be the next couple in Beverly Hills on the show to break up? Okay. To which she said, Peek and eat, baby. <laughs> so everyone cheered and, you know, she threw light shade and sashayed back to her chair. PK went on to respond on oh. the Twitter. The man that wanted to fuck her. Okay. Yes, the one that Multiple wanted to Multiple times, even Multiple, before yeah. he met Dorit. Yeah. Got it. Mm -hmm. He said, Erica Jane thought her husband was innocent. She thought the ankle is more important than the brain. She thought she should keep the earrings. Now she thinks Dorit and I are next to split up. Here's a qu quick bit of management advice. Stop thinking. To which she responded, when did you get so sensitive? 
You know damn well I was joking. So that was some... I'm pretty sure that's going to be PK and Dorit's entire storyline next, next season. Because, you know, they can't get robbed twice. You God forbid. Um, so, yeah, they're definitely going to... And I know I said really quick that I want Dorit gone, but I just can't. I can't. I don't want Dorit I can't gone. quit her. Dorit, I can't, can't quit. No. Especially in this reunion, she's just. I am obsessed with the accent, the aloofness, the, of the, world. Yes. the, the fashion. I, I can't quit Dorit. I didn't get the result. What did you mean by the horse and the glue? What like, do you mean you by didn't the glue and the was made from horses? Honey, honey. You was raised in the, in the Midwest. Like, what are you talking about? You. You. Probably have horses. Like yeah. what? Okay, cool, yeah. great. But no, that energy, that energy, I can't, I, I can't let go. No, Dorit is one who does not need to go. Like she is one. She's she's a perfect <coughs> B cast person. You know, cast member. Yeah, team. support. She's very great for support. So, um, as we take adventure to the other zip code of Potomac, mm-hmm. now we come back. Mia has confronted Giselle about the shit that Giselle said about her and her health. And Mia gives a, Mia and her best friend gives a rundown of Mia's, you know, trials and tribulation with this possible having of cancer diagnosis that we don't know if it's true or not, but there's some type of medical component to her. And a doctor was visited. Yes. A doctor was visited and there was something that the doctor said. Yes. There <laughs> was, was an insurance claim. Yes. I don't want to make light of it, but yeah, something did happen with her, but we're not sure. But yet. it's a but little foggy. It is. Um, but my question is, when we see Mia and her friend, her best friend and her old ass husband, G, sitting for lunch, I got the vibe that... Um, he wants to fuck her friend, or they may have already had a threesome or something. And, oh, I totally think a threesome he already is had like, yeah, this is wife number two or something like that. Before the wedding happened, it, threesomes were definitely going down. That's how Mia secured the That's wedding ring. He was like, she a freak too? Let me pro- let me lock this up. Let me propose. Okay. Um, I totally second that and think that's definitely what happened. Yeah, so you know, Potomac is bringing it this season. I think everyone looks really great except for Giselle's wigs. I think Ashley is has never looked more beautiful ever in life. Um, clearly, a divorce looks great on her. Her oh, body's Ashley her is hair is amazing. Stunning. She's literally is, glowing. She really is. And, you know, to have two kids under the age of three to be doing all this says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, then we catch up with Ashley and, J- and Candace having a conversation. Which is kind of a big deal because they've been arch nemesis for seasons. Now. They really have. But I think that Candace and Ashley really want to be friends. You ever see people who like, they're at odds because they want to, they will just be better together. But yeah, they, there's so much alike. There's so much alike, but they, they, they know it and they just want to find a difference. They want to fight, but it's like, it's no, like given to it. Like, you want to be friends with this person. Like, you like and Marlo? Yeah. So, Ashley and Candace have a sit-down because Candace says that at 2 a.m., 2 for 3 a.m., she received a DM from Chris, who is Ashley's husband. Now, Ash- yeah. Ashley got a text. Ashley got a DM from, from Chris. Candace's husband. Yes. That's not what I said? No. 
<laughs> you had it switched. You you said uh, Ashley's husband. Okay. But well, all right. Uh, that's Jack Thing was talking. So, yes, Ashley received a DM from Candace's husband Chris at two forty three a.m. Now, the way Ashley sold that shit, he didn't DM bitch. He responded to your IG fucking uh, post. Okay, a D sliding your DM is like directly talking to you, not responding to a picture. Or a video that you posted. So, which Chris said, "Hey, you should have went to the W. You should come to the W. You should have came to the W. That's what it was. You should came to the W." Ashley's out with her homegirl, who's a little cute little girl, and she's out in the town. Now, Chris, who is a GM at the W Hotel for the restaurant, mm-hmm. the he, rooftop, the rooftop, mm-hmm. he's just trying to get business. Like, hey, you should have came to the W. So when Ashley sits down with Candace life. and talks about this, Candace is like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he's a GM there at the yeah. restaurant. So Candace was like, "I, if he hits you up, he was trying it's to promote for, business, for yeah. business." Like, and, and so I actually have a legal note. Okay, go ahead. So Chris actually posted on Instagram. He said, "That's a funny picture. The actual story I responded to was of her and Robin." At a bar three blocks away. And Candace already knew I sent Ashley a DM. Because I told her right after I did that. That's what we mean when we say editing. And I believe him 1000% because. Okay. The entire episode. Whenever this information was presented to Robin. She was always like. What are you guys talking? You're yes. tripping. Robin was very much. Robin so like, was very much so like. There's nothing wrong with what, There's did. nothing. What do you mean? Yes. Like when it came to Ashley, she was like, "What are you talking about?" When it came to Giselle, she was really like, "Giselle, what are you saying?" Because and, and it corroborates with Chris's story of yes. he actually didn't even respond to the picture that they're showing on television of Ashley and some random bitch. Mm-hmm. It was a picture of her. And Robin, three blocks away, three blocks away from the W Hotel, so it makes complete sense of being like, well, shit, you should have came here instead of going to where you went, because again, he's trying to gear up business. Yes, and you have Robin and Ashley, two two members of the 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 most beautiful women, right, in the DMV area. Of course, you're gonna be like, shit, come to my job to get this shit popping. Exactly, because it wasn't making sense. Because I was like. Because you and I talked, I was like, that's someone, like, you respond to someone's story or vice versa, and like, oh, your husband was in my DM. No, he wasn't. He responded to your shit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. So it wasn't adding up to me. So thank you for that, because now that makes a lot of sense. It puts the piece together. It, it puts piece together, everything right? together. And it's like, okay. Because Candace's response was like, yeah, I know Chris. Yeah, he works there. Like, yeah. Yeah, she was so unbothered. She was, she like, was okay. completely unbothered. Right. And so she was, her response was like, but and Ashley was like, I just, I want to put you privately because I know we said we'll talk about things. You know, if you Which have is something, don't do it in front of the group. So I appreciate that's what I'm saying. I feel like they they want to be friends. You know, they want to honor each other's wishes. But that makes sense now. You know, we know production is shady as fuck. Oh, completely. So, and I mean, the producers at the end of the day have to to show. It's a show, and they need a story, multiple stories, to make a good show. So I'm sure, you know, some of the executives are, or some of the EPs are in these women's ears like, oh, you should bring this up, or you should do that, which leads us to fucking Giselle, who I'm almost positive, (laughs) 
uh, EP was like, hey girl, you really need to bring this up. Because there's no way in hell someone is going to bring up a story that's not really a story that happened almost a full year ago. Almost a full year. So what we're not telling you is, so there is, the ladies decide to go to Ashley's, um, Ashley wants to do a TikTok dance sexy class. And she really is found herself enjoying doing TikTok and these dances. So she wants to take a hill class at a local dance studio. She invites all the ladies to show up. They all show up. In the midst of all this, prior to Giselle had a conversation with Ashley or and also with no, she had a conversation with, with Robin about mm-hmm. Chris hitting her up after the reunion. So they were all at the hotel together after they filmed last and season. Last season reunion. Mind you. And Chris asked Giselle, hey, can you come talk to me for a second? Giselle's like, sure, come to my room, what have you. She thought her Glenn was still in her room. They were not there. Then she goes on to say that, you know, she felt when she looked at the optics, I'm in a, a hotel room with a married man and there's no one here. So she felt that was weird. Come to cut to. She then talks to one of her gay best friends who was her hairdresser or whatever. Mm. He says, oh, Chris knew I wasn't in your room and the Glenn was gone because he said bye to me on the way out or in the elevator mm. or some shit like that. So Giselle's now trying to put two into the put two separate situations into one thing to make it seem like Chris purposefully yeah, asked he, to go to like her room knowing predator. that there was no one that uh, that was there in her room to talk about Ashley and uh, to talk about Candace because she then also went further to say that he was talking as if he was unhappy in his marriage to but Candace. she couldn't remember exactly what he said but she knew that was a thing though she knew that she, he was yeah, unhappy she knew that was the so he was, un- he was unhappy in his marriage and he's talking to her in her hotel room and he's a married man and but it's before 10 o'clock. And she said, I know many men have tried me before, but I'm not going to do that. Which Robert responds to say what? Fucking chill. <laughs> like, seriously, Robin. And I think that this is the first time in seven years where, you know, Robin is usually go along to get along with Giselle and, you know, usually does like a soft Oh, Giselle, that's not right. But this time she was like, Giselle, what are you talking about? Like, what are you <laughs> not, not Chris? Like, what right. do you mean? Exactly. Like, not this man who has invited us to his house, yes. who has cooked for us, who would do multiple things for you, ladies. You can which, tell Robin really fucks with Chris. Yeah. Robin was like, this man had his dick talked about. Or no, not him. No, it was Juan. I'm sorry. I thought, yeah, no. yeah. By the way, he was there when Dix was saying that it was going to be sucked. And Robin's like, "What are you saying, Giselle? Right now, like, yeah, she's like, what this are doesn't you make talking sense. about, dude. Yeah, like you yeah. Can tell, you can look in Robin's eyes. She's like, this is not gonna end well for you, right? Like, sis, you in danger, girl. You in danger, girl. But so, Giselle still thinks it's best to bring this to Candace. And so, what does she do? So, cut to what you're talking about. The ladies at the dance rehearsal. They do their thing. Dance rehearsal is over. Everyone leaves. And Giselle says, Hey, Candace, can I talk to you for a minute? And Candace is like, Sure. They sit down on the dance room floor. And Giselle proceeds to give a breakdown of everything that we just said. To which Candace sees through the bullshit 
and realizes that Giselle is trying to use her husband as a storyline for this season. So Candace immediately breaks the fourth wall <laughs> in a Denise Richards fashion. She looks around, looks dead into the camera, and says, What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? It was so be- it was a beautiful moment. It was a beautiful moment. Because she first calls out Giselle and she's like, Yeah, last the reunion last season. Yeah. Okay. Chris comes to your room. Okay. Yeah. And and you're saying, My husband. She said, My husband, who's good for you. Yes. <laughs> Who would throw down his coat in the puddle for you to walk over. He made you feel uncomfortable. And Giselle said, Yes. <laughs> she doubled down and said, Yes, yes, he did. He <laughs> made me feel uncomfortable. Like you said, and everything you said that she did. And it was, we fell out laughing because we felt like this was a reach. It was a complete, everyone, listen, everyone thinks that this is a fucking reach. And it does not look good on Giselle's part because it's coming across as contrived and desperate. Because again, much like some of the women on Beverly Hills, Lisa Renna. Giselle has been great for drama. She's an antagonizer. She's, you know, an agitator. And she usually gets storylines going or puts adrenaline into a storyline that's a little wavering. But this one right here, everybody is on Chris's side and sees that she's really making some shit up for a storyline. Yeah. Is that what the Twitter is saying? That's what the Twitter is saying. Twitter is talking. And it's not looking good for Giselle. She's getting she's this getting a little sloppy with it. They're getting desperate now. I don't know. That's it. She's and getting it, desperate. It, and Potoma doesn't have there's so much that's there. You don't need to go to these type of links to get this type of response. Because we didn't see Candace ask for a producer and she basically says if you want someone who's synonymous with making people uncomfortable, then you fucking book Michael Darby. Yeah, Michael Darby is a Leave my husband the fuck alone. Yes. And I was like, oh, oh, you marry Mary. Like, oh, you for real? Like, you take that last name serious. As one should. As I'm getting married. It was, it was great to see. I can't wait for next week's episode um, to see how Giselle is going to either double down or backtrack out of the bullshit. I have a feeling she's going to double down, though. Being Giselle. some receipts. And I think that Robin needs to be the person to provide the receipts for this. Yeah, she needs to. She has to step up and like, listen, that, that I I know Chris will never put someone in an uncomfortable situation. We've been around this man. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's been a surrogate husband probably to us. Yeah. In certain instances, like, it's he's one, not that guy. It's one thing to drag a low life like Michael Darby, yes. but it's another thing to try not and Chris. drag a completely innocent like, man on, Chris, like Chris. Like he, he wouldn't even, first of all, like, he would be dumb as fuck to want to flirt or any of one of y'all bitches on, her, on this cast, number one. If he gonna do this shit, it's gonna be someone you don't fucking street. know by no, by no fucking means. This man has to deal with Candace. Hasn't he suffered enough? <laughs> He literally has to deal with Candace. That man is a saint. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and for y'all to fucking want to drag him, or not even y'all, just Giselle, to want to drag him down just because she has no storyline. If you think about it, Giselle has no storyline this year. She doesn't. She's just, she's just like the equivalent to Nini for this um, entity for Real Housewives. 
But she doesn't have a story. We don't want it. Your daughters are in school. We don't. That's not. Your daughters are in school. Your house is done. It still looks the way it looks. And you know the whorish man that's your father of your children, preacher. He's still out there hoeing. Yeah, he's still in Atlanta hoeing. So it's like she literally has no (laughs) storyline. You you don't have anything. So you just have to be messy. Whitney Houston. I have nothing. 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 And on that. And people, we're going to take a break and come back to talk about the married people on medicine and also who are married at first sight. BRB. Alrighty, we are back with Married to Medicine very briefly. (laughs) (laughs) So this week was the season finale of Married to Medicine. And not much really happened Nothing really happened besides the fact that new two new people who we don't really care too much about. I mean, we're kind of indifferent about them, right? Yeah. They're pregnant. Yay for them. Um, congratulations to them. Hopefully, she's far along in her pregnancy or by this time, she probably will have the baby. So, we wish them well. Um, other than that, mending friendships and I feel like we don't know where they are. I think after they filmed and time has gone on and now things are, have aired and people have taken the Twitter, we should just come back and talk about them on the reunion because I'm quite sure any alliances or friendships were had, they're probably broken now and people yeah. are pissed off. <laughs> I think I think this last episode, anything that we discuss will be null and void right. until we see the reunion. That's where the meaty stuff is going to take place and we're going to be updated on where everyone stands. So that's when we'll, once the reunion episode happens um, next week, we will be able to really discuss Married to Medicine. Right, so we'll recap that at the reunion all together. Yes. So that works. Um, so we're moving on. That's <laughs> what we're saying. <laughs> Married at first sight. <sighs> Can it just be fucking decision there already? Like this was two hours that I cannot get back. It was two hours that I don't even, I can't even recall what exactly happened. Like I feel bad for podcasts that review just this show. Yeah, because it was literally, this could have been emailed. It, like it this really episode could have like been this an email. Episode could have been an email with bullet points, not even paragraphs. Just boop, 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 boop. that's it. <laughs> Best, right? Since, <laughs> My regards. Enjoy the weekend. Sign off. Yeah, because I mean, it literally nothing. They talked to their friends, and it was the same old shit. Yeah, but nothing I, got resolved. Nothing got resolved. I will say, I am shocked that. We are a week away from decision day, and the couple in the best standing is Mitch and Kristen. Who knew? Who would have fucking thunk? Who knew? That the motherfucker who said he's not attracted, who thought that his wife's mother was his actual bride. Okay. <laughs> like, the nigga with the nasty-ass stove. Let's, the nasty, let's, disgusting She, stuff. Kristen, said, I care and want to do this so much, I, I'm going to overlook your nasty-ass fucking stove in your house. And still work with you. God bless her. Couldn't now she's the someone who needs the support, right? And the prayers of all the saints. Okay, you Good. know, Couldn't be. um, and and to be objective and to give my opinion about who's going to make it, I think they're the only ones. I don't think everyone else is going to say no. I give it for the show. Possibly they may give two more couples that may say yes, but I feel like. Everyone else, they should say no, and I want them to say no. But Kristen and Mitch are the only ones. Okay, but I think this season there's actually going to be a few 
couples that don't agree. Like, I honestly can see a few couples, one person saying yes and the other person saying no. Okay. Um, because the last few, I don't think there's been in like the last like three or four seasons where it's it hasn't been unanimous, right? Like, usually they're both like, yeah, no, we're good. Or let's try it. Yeah. And they break up a week later. But I honestly don't think there's been a or there's been a season probably like uh, three seasons ago where someone got grouped. So who do you think is going to be the mismatch? So who do you think is going to say yes and, and the other is going to say no? <clears throat> um, I honestly think Alexis and Justin is going to be a clash. I even with even with everything that has transpired this season, I still feel Justin is going to say yes because again. I really? feel like Alexis is that 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 shell that he's always wanted. Beautiful, thick. Other men will covet her. Like mm-hmm. I feel like he he gets a boost of confidence when she's on his arm. And it's going to go back to him finally getting what he always wanted, what he swiped right on uh and he doesn't want to lose that regardless of how she fucking makes him feel he is going to put his feelings on the back burner just to have her because he's already done that so much he's fucking gotten rid of his dog for this bitch and i feel like she's gonna be like you know what i'm sorry i can't do this but she's going to blame it on him <laughs> like she's not I gonna get, take accountability I, my energy is giving me the flip of what you're saying it's gonna be the other way around she's gonna say yes he's gonna say no and because of the same reason you said, like, I've given so much, I've, he's going to realize his value of who he is because he's always, he's always has been, when he talks about himself, that he has always been a person who has been less than. He's always taking people because he's six, seven feet tall. Women want to know what he's packing with. So he's, he, he has taken the back seat. He always has been in. Not the best position. So I think now knowing his worth, I think these last few weeks has shown him like you sacrificed too fucking much to do shit. Like you're a good person. Like you mm-hmm. have good qualities about yourself. So I think this has boosted his self-esteem in a way that he didn't know it could do. So I, I really feel that she may look at it like, okay, you know what? This man really cares about. I've never had a man who cared this much about me, right? He may not be the best looker, but he makes me feel secure. And she can kind of mold his his the way she wants him to re- react to behave in a certain type of way so i really feel like she may say yes considering the fact that they matched them on a different level than mm-hmm. more than looks and he's gonna be like i'm good because i just can't you know so but i feel you they both will be a mismatch but i think the opposite I think opposite of what you think your decision would be. Interesting. I yeah. can't wait to find that out next week because, yeah, the way she takes digs at his ass constantly, I don't see her saying, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. She talks about his dick game. She talks about how he is not a freak or he's not dominant enough. Like, she cannot wait to run out of that apartment away from his ass and get dicked down by some uh, to- first toxic thug passion on the street um, and get choked out. I think that's I think that's her thing. Um, another couple that I can see having a mixed match is Stasha and Nate. I think Nate is seriously over Stasha's shit. 
And I don't think that the fancy condo is enough anymore. I don't. I think they're both gonna say no. I think that Stasha's like, oh, you a fuck boy. He he manipulated that last entire conversation when she felt. Listen, you you're saying my actions are saying I love you. I need to hear validation. I need to hear this. And he goes off and then does a whole manipulative fucking behavior, flips it about him, and then comes back, goes off of her, and then comes back to apologize about how he could have did a bit better. And she's looking like, what the, are you fucking kidding me right now? But they both were toxic in the sense that she started the actual fight just because she wants him to tell her he loves her. But instead of being vulnerable and saying, hey, why don't you feel this way? Do you like, can you, do you think one day you'll be able to say it to me? Because it is important for me to hear. She went around about and started some extra bullshit and was like, but you don't love me, right? So he's not that smart. So she had to do a roundabout. She yeah. had to, she <laughs> no. had to do, she if had someone's to not do smart, a then, then, you, then you just be direct. No, she That's had what to, you do with the unsmart people. No, no, she had to do it. Uh, listen, A, B, C. Like she had to, to draw it in the way where he can get it in his toxic thought process. So, but yeah, um, they're both going to say no, in my opinion. But you think, you think, so? you think, you think she would say yes still? I think that she will still say yes because oh, you I have to take that, into baby. you have to take into consideration she is thinking about her age for whatever reason she feels like she's fucking old and is ready to be put out to pasture so she's going to think okay <laughs> I at least have something here right now that I can build on and kind of mold like you said about the last couple I feel like that's where Stasha's going to come from and Nate Honestly, in this situation, I think he bit off more than he can chew. I don't think that he is ready to give up the easiness no. of the bachelor life. No, no. The wholeness of bachelor life. Like, he's not ready to just, like, compromise and discuss his feelings all the time. No. And I don't even know how they picked him for this show because now when his personality is being played out. And, like, you, you are clearly not ready for this show, sir. Like, this is not... For you, I think that's why they pick the people. It's good TV. Okay, I mean, I give you that, but I just feel like he just was not—he's not in a place to want to be married. He needs to figure out his mommy issues. He has to get that shit addressed. He has severe mommy issues with that. Severe, very severe, and that just has to be addressed. And if he doesn't adhere to it, it's gonna leave him just doing the same shit he's doing. Because I saw how. I saw his traits come out when he was talking to her. I said, oh, this is how you get the girls, um, his ex-girlfriend who said he was a freaking and sheep to, you know, do what to 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 give in to him and his antics. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't even smooth about it. It was like, oh, I, but I guess when you've been through that shit and you've seen you dealt with people like that before in your life, you can see that shit from a mile away. You're like, oh, okay. Like, you you a fuck boy. I see you. I see you, sir. Um, and also, he's so fucking fake bags. So, I mean, he's still on my... At the end of the day, for me... You and these fake bags, you are... Because he's a scammer. You just, I'm, you're or a scammer. hustler. You, no, it's called a scam. You are a scammer. Sorry, girl. You were a scammer, Miss Girl. So, you know, to hell with him. So, Stasha can move the fuck on. I think, And also, I think, in the back of her mind is, 
this nigga is not about to scam me out my shit. Because <laughs> what day trader are you on, sir? You on uh, Robin Hood? Like, what, what you doing? What do you think about Miguel and Lindy? Fuck Miguel. Lindy, run. Yeah, I, for her sake, like, I hope run. that she goes to see a doctor before decision day. <laughs> yes. Get a checkup. Make sure everything's good. Get some, uh, you know, blood test done. Yeah. That and way get back she on can, yeah. That way she can go into <laughs> decision day, day right. and say no. Yeah. Um. I unfortunately see them both saying yes, though, I and don't. I see them both saying yes, and eventually breaking up a few weeks later. Okay, so I say a yes, and then it's gonna be done because. Okay, so ride ride with me on this thought process for a second because I didn't really get it until right now. They popped in my head. What was the little short little Mexican boy? He's not. He was a man. Um, in Houston, and the girl who had the craters in her face. She. she I know who you're talking about, but I do not remember that name. Yeah, but and he locked her ass out the apartment. Yes, for like, like faking a steak. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Miguel's giving me his vibes. That machismo Mexican, like he's oh, giving totally. me. He's totally. giving me those vibes. Like I didn't get that because I, I, I at first this is no shade. Miguel seemed like a whitewashed Hispanic man. Mm-hmm. The Duns and Dragons, like the whole thing, like not proud of your heritage. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not trying to assimilate to the co- the masses. Do you, I'm alone. Okay, that's fine. I step in myself. I mean, I, that, okay, go. Because no one in his circle looks like him at all. Okay, then. So I that's what I'm saying. I see that. this assimilation like that, right? So I, I saw that, but I didn't think he had that machismo attitude and, and that whole manipulative spirit until it came out and then it reminded me of the little short man mm-hmm. with the crater face girl mm-hmm. in Houston yeah so and Lindy is I feel like she just she grew up with being having control so she she know what that looks like and that's why for her is she has such a visual reaction to him because her, her entire life was like that she couldn't you couldn't dance can you imagine your life Going and people say you can't dance or you can't create or you can't you can't just express yeah something that you love to do you know what I mean yeah. so yeah um fuck Miguel all day even when the, when the show is over and ten years from now fuck him and Lindy should just go and find a man that's gonna make her happy and pay those those still loans off and get some insurance besides Cobra there you go I think I think. Those we've got some good predictions down. I'll be very interested to revisit this conversation after watching Decision Day to see who who was right and who was wrong because I yeah. I do not see all of these couples staying together. Point blank period. No. That's the my biggest takeaway. And I'm giving grace to Kristen and Mitch just because I think they had the most adult conversation where it's like there's actual growth that has happened there's growth the, with it. And it's like, listen, if I say yes, I may not be in love with you at this point, but I see where I can go with you. There's and I can see that I can get there. And I don't want to be without you. Yeah. And that's the key point with Mitch. He's like, I don't want to lose you. Like, I know you a good broad and I want to lose you because you could add so much to my life. And that's why I feel like Mitch position is where Chris is like, listen, you know, I can deal with your crazy ass. I'm not gonna rock a uh, what the what is it? The, I would say contraception, but 
the menstrual cycle thing he wanted her to rock. Oh, the Diva Cup. She's like, I ain't doing that shit. But, you know, I may, you know, do some recyclable plates or whatever. Oh, you yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what happens on Decision Day. You guys have to come back. And we'll chat about that. Yes. And so, listen, we have I Love You, Bobby Purr. If you guys have been following that show on Zeus, you understand how ridiculously dumb it is. But we love Ratchet Television. And we know Bobby really isn't going to pick any of these guys. Um, there's only one that's really here for him, and that's Island Boy. Do you think there's anyone else that cares for Bobby? No. Um, Besides no. Island Boy and his his ex. No, those are literally the two. Those that's it. Hercules, albeit the most attractive one there. I honestly still don't believe that he has a gay bone in his body, other than just. Well, his IG is very gay. His IG is it's. His IG is very gay baiting. And there's okay. a clear distinction for you heterosexuals out there. For you uh, straight friends, gay baiting is when a guy or a girl does things that are sexually suggestive to it's garner yeah. attention, revenue, what have you, from gay people, mm-hmm. uh, gay supporters, without actually being in a bisexual or homosexual relationship so basically they're just using their gay fans for support um and i think that is exactly what hercules is doing because while there is a lot of suggestive things on his instagram i've never once seen him because i've looked at his instagram i follow i've never seen him kiss a male i've never seen him anything well he kisses bobby on the show he did have some, you know, gay underwear. He did talk he, about. Well, he must be gay. <laughs> he had on gay underwear, everyone. So, I mean, you know, him Where and Harvey Milk, they're both up there as gay icon. No. Gay underwear does not make a homosexual. I'm sorry. It makes him a patron of maybe a gay establishment to buy said underwear. But but that's it. That is it. Um, I, I, I can see his, I can see it, but I'll, I would be, I guess I'm heart, I would be heartbroken if he, if he was gay baiting because there are other IG models who, who have been called out and one guy is, I can't think of his name right now, but he's been called out severely for that. And just because, you know, we will support and, you know, some gay boys don't give a shit about if he's straight or not. They just, you know, look at your body and everything. So, um, but yeah, back to the show. Hercules needs to, he should have been gone. But we see the final four. You know, we have Dingaling. He was taken out because of his medical situation. He had a diet of alcohol and weed mm-hmm. uh, for two weeks. So that didn't work out too well for him. His body, his body reacted a certain type of way. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you need IV fluids, bro. So, yes. so yeah. So that's that. And the last, and then we had. Go hard, which he's just a key. I think him and Bobby will scissor each other. I don't think Go hard is. Yeah, he's a softer. But again, Bobby's like we type. like we mentioned earlier at the Florence concert, we can't judge. You can't judge. And maybe you know they're definitely effeminate men that are tops. Um, they are. And maybe he is one, but I know for a fact Bobby don't want it. Bobby don't, <laughs> Bobby want, don't want, want it. That's a kiki to him. Um, and. So. Then there's Bobby's X rerun. So it really comes down to Island Boy and rerun, in my opinion. I do too. I think that he's gonna. I think he's gonna pick Island Boy. I can see that. I think he's gonna pick Island Boy and he rerun. Just you know, go back to uh, Joey Snow was a, 
Jeffrey Star. Jeffrey Star. I said Joey Snow, but same initials. Um, yeah, and uh, Bobby and Island Boy will probably never be in the same room again. Right. <laughs> so that will be that. And that wraps up this week's episode of your favorite <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So, you guys, we want to say thank you for tuning in to us again. We are so appreciative of you guys weekly. You guys have increased our numbers. We are seeing these numbers rise up. So, please follow us, like us on IG. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can email us. You can email us at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Um, we're out here. We're promoting. We're trying to grow our family together with you guys. I will say next week will probably be our bye week since. I am on vacation. I'll not be going on a gay cruise next week for eight days. And the husband will be holding down the fort and living his best life here with the kids. Um, yes. Do you want to give them an address too? <laughs> Damn. Wrap this shit up. <laughs> yes. You'll be on. Yes. We'll see you guys in two weeks. So Bye. that's it. So yeah. We'll... <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you want to tell them the cruise line and your stops and your ports? Jeez. We want to let them know what's going on. But we don't want to hold them hostage. <laughs> We're not. We're about to let them go. So, friends, again, thank you for giving us hour and some change of your day. You have 23 more hours to be great. So, make a friend, smile at someone, and tell someone you love them this weekend, okay? Until next time, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were gonna teach y'all something? This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until next week, bye friends. <laughs> <laughs>